0: It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Tuesday, September 5th, 2023. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Sitka's Sustainability Commission has scored federal assistance for the next year to develop a renewable energy strategy, and now they're looking for community feedback on the project. The commission is partnering with the National Renewable Energy Lab, which means they'll have access to energy experts as they develop the plan. Bree Gable is the city's sustainability coordinator. She says they're using data the city's electric department gathered in a study last year funded by the Department of Energy.
1: The great thing about SICA is because our utility is municipally owned, we're in a pretty unique position where we can kind of engage uh, pretty quickly in a way that other places might not have the opportunity to because many utilities in the country are privately owned. And so because of that unique combination and having almost two years of really robust data of what we can do to kind of give us a direction of, you know, where do we even want to go because generation for the sake of generation isn't very helpful. So what do we actually wanna see in our community? So that is the question we are going to be trying to answer in this next round through our community renewable energy strategy. They're kicking off
0: the scoping process for the plan at a meeting tonight. In 2020, a temporary climate task force laid the groundwork for the Permanent Sustainability Commission, which was established last year. While developing an energy strategy is a top priority for the commission, it's also looking into ways to divert Sitka's waste stream and shift the city's fleet of vehicles to electric. The commission meets at Harrigan Centennial Hall at 6 p.m. tonight. LGBTQ plus youth face high rates of suicide, self-harm, and housing instability. But an organization in Alaska called Choosing Our Roots is helping them find safe homes. One of their directors, Taylor Feitner, has found the work allows them to heal some of their own wounds from growing up in a family that didn't accept them. Alaska Public Media's Rachel Cassandra has this profile.
1: Taylor Feitner grew up in Oklahoma in a fundamentalist Christian church. Neither their family or community accepted queer or gender non-conforming people. They were outed by a childhood friend as a teen, and their parents sent them to conversion therapy with their preacher.
2: It was hard because it's someone who is a position of authority who your whole family respects, who you have respected your whole life, saying really dark, frightening, upsetting things about you and then telling you Things like, you know better than this. You're better than this. You've been taught to be right, and now you are wrong.
1: For years after conversion therapy, Feitner again hid who they were from their family. But at 17, their parents found out and kicked them out of the house. They found a home with the family of a close friend. But they say their behavior was spiraling because they were struggling so deeply with self-acceptance and self-love.
2: Lots of self-harm, suicidal ideation, drug use, addiction problems. Like, just desperately clinging, like, anything that could hurt me.
1: Feitner says their grandmother is strictly religious, but eventually she looked past those beliefs and gave Feitner a place to stay.
2: She said, it's not right how all of these adults have been treating you, and there were no expectations, there were no questions she said, I love you, and I want to take care of you. I probably wouldn't be here if that had not been the safe place for me to
1: return to. That safe place helped Fightner survive and heal. In 2021, they moved to Alaska, and a year and a half ago, they started working at Choosing Our Roots. It's an organization that helps young LGBTQ people with housing and resources in Anchorage, Bethel, on the Kenai Peninsula, and in the Matsu borough. Feitner says sometimes that means placing them with families who have a spare room or helping them find housing grants. That can keep kids out of foster care and closer to home. Feitner, who prefers the term queer, says they've found deep meaning as a queer person working with young queer people.
2: I all the time think, what would my life have been like if I had someone like me in it? And it feels like such an enormous blessing and privilege to be able to show up in that way for young people. Because there's so many times, there's so many reasons that I shouldn't be here. That my decisions, my situation were so dangerous.
1: Feitner didn't get unconditional love and acceptance from their parents growing up. But they say their struggles help them understand the people they work with now. Feitner says the work they do is a way to rewrite their own story. It's what life could have been like if they'd had support. Feitner helps youth stay out of the dangerous situations they faced as a teen, and they help with things a parent or caretaker might. On a recent Wednesday, they took a few teens grocery shopping in Bethel.
2: Can I have the deli
1: uh, boxes would be awesome
2: if you don't mind.
1: They also work with youth one-on-one, helping them create budgets or apply for jobs.
2: Is your phone bill due or do you just need more data? <laughs> okay. Have to do this
1: thing? Amelia Hanrahan is a therapist who works with trans, gender diverse, and queer people in Juno. She says these supportive relationships are deeply healing in both directions. It's just as important for young people to see queer adults in their community. If they never see somebody in their life who's like them, like that absence is deafening. But if they do have somebody and they're like, oh, there's a path forward for me. I do exist in this world, in my community. I don't think it's exaggerating to say it can save lives. And she says it's common for queer people to have to find ways to reparent themselves. She says doing identity affirming work with young people can be one way to heal. Rahan says she came out as transgender partly because of her work with young queer people. Seeing kids who can be authentically themselves can sometimes help us unlearn the messages that there was something wrong with us or that we were unlovable or abnormal. That's a lesson Feitner is helping others unlearn through their work. Recently, a young person opened up to them. She also grew up in a strictly religious family that didn't accept her. And like Feitner, she struggled with substance use. Feitner laughs when they call themselves a queer elder at age 30, but they know it shows in their work. There's so much tragedy and there's so much death
2: and violence within the queer community. Having someone older with a story that is similar say that it gets better, like it sounds so cheesy, but it does generate hope. It generates peace and belonging that
1: most people I work with have never
2: had before.
1: In a few years, the young people Feitner works with will be adults. Feitner hopes they'll have practical skills, and the confidence that comes from being loved for who you really are. Reporting in Anchorage, I'm Rachel Cassandra with help from Sunny Bean in Bethel.
0: The Coast Guard icebreaker Healy docked in Kodiak's Pier 2 last week as its final stop before an Arctic expedition. The ship was in town to restock on supplies and give the crew a bit of time on land before they spend weeks at sea. KMXT's Brian Venwa went aboard the ship and has this report.
3: The Healy's engines were running as crews walked the decks performing routine maintenance last week. The ship is 420 feet long, about half the length of the pier, and is the largest vessel the Coast Guard operates. Kodiak is the ship's last stop in Alaska before heading on the year's final Arctic mission. Michelle Shallop, the Healy's captain, says the hull is specially designed for getting through ice to access some of the most remote places in the world.
0: Steaming at seven knots, we can break through up to four and a half feet. If we get into the eight feet, about three meters, then we need to do what we call back and ram. So the ship is very, very powerful and very heavy. We're 16,000 long tons. So we're able to use um, the ship's momentum and weight to, to break through ice.
3: The boat has two inches of steel on the bow and can even maneuver in ice fields. However, the crew does their best to avoid large icebergs. Shallop says while the Coast Guard operates the vessel and it's capable of performing Arctic rescues, the vessel's main purpose is research.
0: The Healy was built in collaboration with the National Science Foundation. So we have all the authorities that a Coast Guard vessel normally would have, and we can conduct those in the high latitudes in addition to supporting the National Science Foundation and other organizations in conducting science.
3: Igor Polyakov is a professor with the University of Alaska Fairbanks and one of the lead scientists aboard the icebreaker. He says that information scientists get from remote locations is crucial for climate research.
4: We inform communities, stakeholders that changes are coming. We ex- may expect with a certain probability that this and that happens in a certain period of time. That's our mission and politicians take this information forward to make decisions.
3: Polyakov says the information they find in the North Pole is direct proof that human-caused climate change is happening. One example they're monitoring on this mission is a layer of fresh water under sea ice. That layer usually acts as a buffer between warm saltwater currents and sea ice, but Polyakov says it's under threat from climate change.
4: This fresh water is very cold, and it prevents ice from melt from the below. But what we observe now, we, thanks to our program and thanks to logistical support from Healy, now we see that this layer of fresh water is disappearing.
3: He says cooperation between northern countries is key for this kind of Arctic research.
4: There are so many international waters, there are so many international collaborations uh, ongoing in the Arctic, so without international collaboration, we cannot proceed.
3: The vessel's next port call will be in Europe to connect with scientists there. After this mission, the ship will return to its home port in Seattle for the winter. Aboard the icebreaker Healy, I'm Brian Venois.
0: I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.